Hi there, everyone. Welcome to episode six of the Science in Dance podcast. Today I'm with Cy Wiggle of Oxford University Blues Rugby, who is a strength and conditioning coach, and we'll be talking about all things to do with team cohesion, stress, and holistic lifestyles. So hi everyone, I'm here with Cy Wiggle, who's a good friend of mine from uh, way back in the Oxford Brooks University days. Um, Cy was, uh, I was lucky enough to invite Cy to a science and dance conference where he was uh, a, a key speaker to teachers, dancers, dance practitioners and the like. Um, and, and on that day in particular, we, we talked quite deeply about um, kind of personal connections with what we do. I think that's probably the, the simplest way to describe it. Um, but Cy is the uh, strength and conditioning coach at Oxford University Rugby, uh, the, blues, the Blues team in particular, who have uh, who've been on a few interesting tours in the last uh, year and, and been very, very successful across the world. Um, we're gonna, we'll talk a little bit about that. But um, we, we also, funnily enough, just had a conversation and went, you know, crap why aren't we recording this so we, we we've switched the uh we've switched the mics on now so welcome Sai. thanks for coming on um this is going to be this is definitely going to be one that i know people some people that listen to this podcast saw you at my conference and um they were like we need that guy back it's been over a year and it's been a long time it's almost two years and uh this is the we've talked about doing a podcast for ages and i just think uh to give people more background you've got some very, very unique personal perspectives, but you and me both started out as guys that like to lift weights. So <laughs> there's that like, there's that like, you know, natural. This is probably going to be a little bit of a story of our progression from just being wanting to be the biggest guy in the room to yep. um, what we actually care about now, which is something quite different. So my first um, question and is is also is, is basically it's not really a question is tell us what you're doing tell us what you've been doing for the last year tell us where you know a little bit about wh where you're uh what you've been up to lately because you've already told me about a few bits and bobs and tell yep. me where that fits together with today's kind of uh topic of how do we look at how we're how we're we looking to develop our athletes from you've got you know, from the youth all the way through to like the university level and you know what what do we uh what are our values in terms of like togetherness and belief systems and trying to get more invested in our performances both or on, on the on the stage or on the pitch yeah thanks man uh may a pleasure to be on here as well so uh we have been talking about this for a long long time so it's uh it's good to finally uh, get together um <clears throat> so the last year um so i sort of I've been wondering where my journey was going to take me, and I've always been interested in um, the holistic lifestyle um, and everything that comes within that. So I started uh, studying a guy by the name of Paul Cech. Um, he's a holistic lifestyle coach, but um, a, lot, a lot of the time people think like holistic lifestyle coach sounds quite woo-woo, um, but this guy has worked with... They're like the best extreme sports athletes in the world. Laird Hamilton, who is a big wave surfer. If you haven't, if you don't heard of him, just Google, just YouTube Laird Hamilton. Danny Way, first, uh, he was the guy that jumped the Great Wall of China on a skateboard. Um, and these guys were like they're at the top of their game when it comes to performance at extreme levels. 
And Danny Way has probably had more has more metal in him than he does bone. Through and, through, uh, through surgery, so Paul, is that through surgery? Paul has like uh, re- rehabilitated him many a time. Oh wow. Um, and so yeah, like Rupert, uh, like alluded to, like him and I used to, you know, we used to love. Well, we still do love lifting weights, and but then it's you know we're starting to get a little bit older and definitely a little bit wiser and realizing that the only way to adapt is through stress and we can as you get older you tend to have a little bit more of that in your life and you want to try and figure out like how okay if i'm stressed all the time i'm in a in a catabolic state so you know stuff is being broken down which is great when it's when it needs to be but you want to be in a more of a, an anabolic state, so like a like a building up of muscle. Um, and so stress, probably most of you know, you probably think it comes from a mental place. Like, you know, you get stressed at work, you get stressed when you're driving to work. Um, but actually, when you start looking uh, holistically into it, uh, stress is all around us and stress produces one hormone and it's cortisol um, and the body doesn't really care whether it's um, from your physical training, whether it's your um, mental state, whether it's your nutritional state, whether uh, it's your emotional state, whether it is your electromagnetic frequency state. So for instance, like how much um, how much time are you spending on a computer, uh, on your phone? Do you have Bluetooth headphones? So all of this stress is an accumulative thing. And I think Rupert and I are definitely understanding this a lot more to being like, if you guys want to be able to perform better um, and carry on a performance for longer, you, are, you need to look at all the uh, parameters of stress. Um and see how you can reduce those. So, I mean, the funny, the, the interesting yeah, sorry, thing, the, the interesting thing that um, I think is to 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 draw the connection is that your guys in the in the rugby team are they've, been, they've probably played rugby since they were five years old, maybe younger. So yeah. that they're more than weathered to the ins and outs of rugby. Um, yeah. at, at, at any given level. I think the dancers that I work with are certainly weathered to dancing. But I think there are certain points where that level is is stepped up and so suddenly we like feel this stress and that could as you say that could be physical stress from like oh gosh I've got to do more of this or it yeah. could be simply the um the stage in inverted commas that you're performing on that creates that stress. Yeah, yeah. So becoming at one with that and be getting used to that and you know being exposed to that more often is yep. probably where we're going to allow this adaptation of stress to happen so that we can deal with it but i think as you say we go through life and life throws different challenges at us and we're not necessarily we don't necessarily think that we're prepared for them um but i oh. guess i guess that's where having an awareness of it comes in awareness is everything man i mean that that i mean yeah awareness of anything and everything that you're doing from the, every moment is is the first step into sort of making yourself you know um, less stressed and better it's um, you know there's 
we we all we all we all we can see in people like the, the what's going on with it within them and say it's a stressful situation and we're aware that of it but they may not be aware that they're going through it and um yeah you, you know you're, you're really right man awareness it can be quite a hard thing it can be quite a slap in the face at times because you're, you're so used to it it's just that same it's so patterned and ingrained within you that you just think it's part of you mm. but actually like it's something that you know that can be addressed and you know whether it's through um you know microdosing you know elements of what is causing you anxiety or stress or by looking at it and straight on and i know we did a, we did some visualization when i did the presentation it's like visualizing yourself already doing it can allow the body to sort of and the mind well, mainly the mind to relax because you've already seen yourself doing it um you, so, talk, yeah. you, you talked really interestingly on that day of like you know your vision for your life and you know what you know you had a used to have a, a picture of a house i think it was in canada, oh, yeah. in canada that you were um particularly um particularly you know had your heart set on yeah and yep. you you went and visited it but you would visualize that every morning with your your six o'clock six a.m cold shower and um and I, and I and i guess like i think we struggle maybe this is a massive sweeping statement but i think some people do struggle with the concept of visualization i think it's something that has to be taught practiced and understood it doesn't yep. it isn't just something i can sit down and i can imagine myself hitting the crossbar with a football it's not it's not that simple it has to be done over a period of time and some people would call it meditation some people would call yep. it like breathing exercises it, it's it's one in the same thing and you talked yep. about to, before we came on this recording we you talked about um this this you know the 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 check system and how he has this like totem pole of of things that are important and yep. I think that there are people that do that innately and they call it a different thing. And, you know, I see people that come to me and they say, I've got a sore hip, I've got a sore leg. But would you just take us through that kind of like hierarchy of, of what the body requires? I think that's the best way I can describe it before you do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I'll talk about it and I'll try and find an image of it because there's, there's a lot to it. Um, I can put the, the Im I can put the image the in the show notes as well, so that's good. Yeah, yeah, the whole idea of the... Um, that's not what I want. <laughs> um, the whole idea of the Czech totem pole is um, is that right at the top we like the most important thing is we have to breathe. Okay, so first thing is like, are you breathing properly? Because if you're uh, if you're not doing a full diaphragmatic breath, you're only getting and you're doing your chest breathing which is what a lot of us have learned, and a lot of it is learned through anxiety, because <laughs> you, you panic through whatever reason. That's a, that's a deep conversation that's for another day. But if you don't learn how to properly belly breathe, you're not getting a full, full movement through your gut, through the belly, through the diaphragm, and you're not really oxygenating the body. So things can start from the breath. Um, and then from the breath, we then go down to mastication, which is like, you know, what are we eating? Because if you're not eating, if you're eating foods that are causing inflammation within the body, or foods that are you know that are not right for your um, your metabolic typing, uh, which is the thing he he teaches, you may be sluggish. 
um, or you may be irritated. And so then that will go through the body and cause certain issues. For instance, if you, let's say, let's say you're lactose intolerant, you have some dairy, and let's say the gut or the stomach is the neural pathway from the spine to the gut is also linked to your uh, uh, muscle in your back or in your core, because the gut is inflamed, it will switch that neural pathway off. And so if you're trying to work on an area to strengthen your back or your, you know, your core muscles, you know, on the front of the body, for instance, you may never get to it because you're actually eating foods that are causing an into- uh, causing the gut to be inflamed and then switching off these neural pathways. So that's, that's, so that's the gut. Um, and then you have um, your eyes, your ears, uh, your spine, your guts, uh, then you have your pelvis, and then you have your slave joints right at the bottom. So, for instance, if you if you aren't breathing, your joints may not be moving properly, and so you may be like, "Well, you know, my you know my hip isn't isn't uh, is hurting." And to, sh- to cut a real long story short, it could be because you're eating wrong, or you're not actually breathing correctly, and um, your hips hurting because you're you're not really using your core muscles that would be used through breath work or um, through uh, being shut down because you're having dairy. So we're talking so we're talking about things like being in sync, really, aren't we? We're talking about things being coordinated. You know, the, the, yeah. the, I think that's a really uh, I like the timeline that we're we're portraying of. Uh, or time, I say timeline. There, this hierarchy of needs in terms of what's important to the body and its function, and you know if, if they can all relay and manifest themselves this into something being essentially stressed, um, and, and 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 not functioning, and you know we get as a result of that we can be quite you know we are emotional beings. We are as you've described to me before on a phone conversation tribal instincts, and that can be good and bad. You know yep. that can bring out different sides of us, um, and I, but also I like this idea that we've got these slave joints. So, like an interesting question when people first come and like see us or see this the therapist that I work with, is like, is to do with, um, okay, you've got hip pain, you've got joint pain, great. What have you been eating? What have you been drinking? How have you been sleeping? And they go, well, what? Why? Why are people asking me that question? I'm like, well, it's really important because. And they're like, well, you know, I may have drunk 500 milliliters of water today. I'm like, no, it's not about today. I'm not just telling you to drink water because it's a cliche or because it's like for my own fun or I can like tick it off and uh, and say, you know, I've, I've done my job because I told you to drink some water. It's like, actually, it's probably what you did two weeks ago and what you've done yeah. since then that's led us to this yeah. point. So, you know, if you've got all these fires and inflammation burning in your body and stress, what are you doing to put it out? Before- hey. And, literally that yeah and then all of a sudden you, you're telling me you've got a sore hip well yeah okay you might have done something biomechanically fine you might have slipped or you might have done this but like we could have perhaps avoided that whole situation or mitigated that risk and it seems a bit as you say woo woo kind of like like yeah, yeah. weird like left field type thing but it's not it's just a series of events that have led to a point where you feel pain and you're now coming to see me because you're in pain you don't come and see me because you're dehydrated and maybe that's what you should have done. <laughs> I mean, it, the great thing of the check stuff is it goes down to such a deep level. It's like, you know, let's say, you know, you, you're like, well, I'm eating well, but it's like, okay, but where are you buying your food from? Well, you know, I haven't got much money at the moment. And so I'm buying, 
Um, I'm buying a, a cheap a, a cheap chicken, and I'm buying you know, I, I'm going to put it out there like you know, uh, let's say I'm buying I'm going to if anyone shops at Tesco's, I apologise, but I don't I don't feel that their food is exactly a high grade, so. I'm buying fruits and veg from Tesco's and I'm buying a chicken that's, you know, the cheapest. What has that chicken and how has that, how have those vegetables, A, been stored and B, been raised? Um, it can also go down to our water. You know, if you're drinking tap water, it's like, you know, there's chlorine, there's fluoride in it. And it's not exactly uh, the, the healthiest water. We had, I had this conversation with some, some of the girls here the other day, which was like, oh, she was like, she lives in Gloucester, and yep. she was like, the water's different. Yep. And somebody from around here was like, well, what do you mean the water's different? She was like, it feels different. Like, my, I wash my hair up here, and it feels one way. I wash my hair in Gloucester, and it feels something else. Yep. And I, I know when I go in, like, I, you know, often, like, holiday to North Wales and stuff, and the tap water that I drink in North Wales is just, like, you should bottle that and sell it. Cause, Shit, oh, mate. Because it's, be, it's the best. So... I've I've always so I've been in I've always been like why is Evian that much more expensive, and so I looked into <laughs> it and it's total dissolved solids, which is the amount of minerals that it has in it, is so much higher than anything else. It has three hundred and forty-five milligrams per liter of dissolved solids. So that's sodium, that's potassium, that's all the stuff that you your body needs um, to function. Um, these micronutrients that are often overlooked nutrients exactly you look at other you know you look at other waters even scottish highlands only got 170 there's actually a water in france there's only there's only 700,000 bottles of it made has 1800 milligrams of total dissolved solids per uh, liter now they talk about the fountain of youth now that's pretty interesting <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah definitely so, Let's get, so get, but getting back to like what we're trying to talk about, the stress, it's like if you're eating poor quality food poor uh, with, nutri- with, with, with no micronutrients, you may be getting a calorific energy, but you're not getting the micronutrient energy that the body needs to allow you to, do, to become a high-performance dancer. And that is why you've got injured because your body, your, your, your body uh, you are what you eat is what I spoke about at the presentation. So if you're putting badly raised caged animal meat into you rather than the free range uh, or organic animal into you that is eating, you know, grubs and worms from the ground, that chicken is making your tendons, your ligaments and your joints and your muscles. And now that may be reason, maybe one of the reasons why you got injured because your body can't keep up with the demands of the load physically because you're not feeding it the right things. Yeah, and we talk, I mean, we, we, I mean, all the girls and guys, you know, here I've talked about all the time is we do load monitoring in a variety of different ways. And actually that's become more subjective now than ever um, to the point where we do like a daily wellness questionnaire and everything like that, which is probably, you know, not too dissimilar to you, just you asking the guys how they feel on a a daily basis. Um, And I'm sure you do different monitoring. um, But like, in your context, and you, we, we had a chat before about going to uh, Japan. You've just been on a tour yep. to Japan. And, you know, the guys, you, we, were talk, we were talking about stepped up to face Sydney University, was it? Yeah, Sydney, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, are, they, are these guys uh, aware of, 
do you think they practice what you preach? Do you think they could do better? Do you think that, or do you think that they're starting on that kind of journey? Because you know we're going to get into and talk about you know this the psyche of, of performance and how it helps us yeah. as coaches. Um, but like you know, do you think that they that they could do better on this, or do you think this is something new that people need to kind of wake up to? Oh mate, um, the fact that I'm at Oxford. <laughs> is a very that's a great question for the fact that i'm here so if you go to the medical guys some of them will be like mm. okay interesting and some of them will be like yeah just show me some research on that and unfortunately they're because of the way that they've been exposed and taught about everything has to come from research it's sometimes um you know you can you can give them an understanding but they say yeah but yeah but a chicken is a chicken um, and so some of them will pick it up and some of them will completely just give me a backhand on it mm. but as they normally as they go through the years if they've been here three to four to five years they start to pick up on some of the stuff that I um, I do myself I don't I don't know uh, I try not to preach too much but I just mm. allow I just do things and you know the boys they're like oh you know why are you doing that um so yeah, some, so sometimes they, they will pick up on it. So I'm like, lads, let's try not to have any caffeine around lunchtime. You know, let's all when we're eating because you know your body doesn't want to be in a parasympathetic, sorry, a sympathetic nervous, a sympathetic state, which is your fight and flight. You want to be in a parasympathetic, a rest and digest state, so you can actually digest like, all those nutrients. Like eating on, like eating on the go is like you know. Oh you... man, the worst thing. <laughs> It's like if you, you 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 should be you should take yourself off and be in a quiet place when you eat, or maybe watch some comedy because that's you know that helps. Interesting. To, you know, that's quite, that's a good thing to do. Um, so so I mean when when they've gone on this when they when they you know they're preparing themselves with you. Um, yep. Obviously, that they you're a figurehead to them, and you're not necessarily you're not necessarily preaching at them, which I think is like a really you know great way to to be a coach i think that's really really nice the fact that you just let your kind of actions um speak, speak louder which i yeah, think is, yeah, is it um and then you know it's to kind of segue onto a onto a different topic and kind of talk about this like um this stressful environment you know uh, we were talking about you well what about when it comes to like a big moment yeah in people's yep. in people's careers whether that's rugby ballet doesn't matter um how do we necessarily know that they're prepared for something? Do they address? Do we address seemingly heightened states differently? So you've got a big game coming up. You you know you're playing one of the the prem more like a premiership team or a semi pro team, uh, the Oxford guys or or for example us we've got like a big assessment or a big performance. Yep. You know, do the guys approach that any differently? Do you think that they're? Do you think that they are? There's a different atmosphere. What do you think happens? Yeah, man. So. Um... So, for instance, we will play. Uh, we actually, where well, we play Bristol, uh, Northampton, and Gloucester, all three Premiership teams. Um, last year, we actually played the Canadian national team as well, uh, who actually made it to the World Cup this uh, this year. And then we do play other, you know, um, you know, people like the RAF and the Navy. But when it does come to the more high-profile teams, the boys are quieter. Uh, in the changing rooms, in uh, the warm-up. So uh, their individual warm-up. So I kind of need to... 
I, I need to bring energy then, maybe remind them, you know, like this is what, you know, this is what we're doing. Um, have you done this? Have you done that? So they kind of, yeah, they do get more nervous. And is that a bad thing? No, it's, I mean, it's hopefully making them think, which I think, it, you know, if they were larking around, they're not thinking about the job at hand. So it's pro- sometimes they're going into, you know, they're going inside and thinking, shit, this is, apologies for that. Um, it's going to be, uh, this is, this is going to be a big, you know, big game. And um, as long as they don't go too deep in it, and those, they, if they get it right and they're thinking, right, I need to do this, I need to do that, rather than, you know, crikey, you know, I, you know, what do we do if this happens or it definitely does change. And I think the biggest thing that we realize is that when we played Canada, we actually went in at half time drawing to them um, where we had gone down a couple of tries at the beginning. And all of a sudden the boys put, a, you know, get a couple of tries back and we were in at half time with drawing. And then our head coach has been like, now you see self-belief all it comes down to is pure self-belief on whether you show that you can do it and then when someone steps up everyone else steps up and it all comes down just to self-belief because it does i think probably you'll probably notice it with your dancers that if they if they haven't got the self-belief there you can see it in their performance they're maybe a bit tighter they're not relaxing into the into the the dance yeah i think i think we have we have this like it's like a, a weird thing where ballet is very traditional contemporary dance is a lot less traditional me and and a bit like a bit like you described ballet's like clinical research to these these guys and then contemporary is a little bit more like your left field stuff i i sometimes feel it's more expressive in in some nature um you can make ballet as expressive as you want, but we're we're experimenting more with different things. And contemporary teachers that I work closely with, and I'm really pr- like proud to work with, do talk a lot about breathing. Do talk a lot about being relaxed. Do talk about being present. Do talk about uh, being grounded. That's a bit, and and actually sometimes that means just getting deeper into a plie or like a squat movement. But actually, it's like a little bit more flowy. Like a flow state is something that's a little bit more common within contemporary than it is in ballet. Like ballet, we should be nice and flowy, but often we're very very clinical about and technical, lot of technicality in it. Um, so I think this that's a that's an interesting line to draw between, like, uh, what you were just saying. But when it comes to obviously within the, within the team setting, and it's the same with us, you know, we've got first, second, third years, and 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 beyond, and even professional. You've got some people that have been exposed to this level before. You might have a freshman or two, who, or a first year that has never experienced it before. Yeah. So the two, they're gonna you know cope with the situation completely differently, experience different things as they're doing it. Just a reminder, you're listening to the Science and Dance podcast with Rupert Wiltshire and today's guest, Cy Wiggle. Again, you know, you've got guys that you've got guys that will deal with things in, in one way and you've got guys that will deal with things in another way. I and mean, I think we have the same thing. Um, but give us an insight into the experience you had with Sydney University and 
yeah, yeah. The, the, your Oxford gents, you know, playing them in Japan. Um, you know, what, 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 was the, what was the atmosphere like from the Sydney guys? You know, it's a big stage, big performance, like, you know, international rivalry, that. Um, what were they expecting? What did they find? What happened? So, yeah, we, it, was, it actually started way before the game. So, Sydney, uh, the Southern Hemisphere teams have been trained, uh, have just at the end of their season. And so, you know, they played together for the entire season. They're there for a bit of fun, quite a few drinks. Whereas we're only two weeks into our season. And the boys are like, look, we're not going out drinking. Uh, we, you know, we need to get, you know, we need to get started for our, you know, for, for the, obviously for, for, for the season and, and towards varsity. And so some of the Sydney guys were giving the boys a bit of chat, like during dinner time where we all sat around about, you know, not coming out and drinking. And, uh, which is obviously, you know, when you think about it, it's just such a stupid thing to, you know, it's such a, it's such unfortunate, just a rugby thing. It's like, if you're not drinking, you're not seen as uh, being a man or whatever rubbish. So the boys got really wound up by it. And that kind of started this group, I think cohesion between them thinking like, yo, we are going to seriously take it to these guys. Um, and Sydney, uh, you know, they, the, the Aussies, you know, if you're an Australian and you're listening again, I apologize. This is just my thoughts and opinions, but they're very arrogant and uh, they're very up themselves. And so, our, you know, they thought they were just going to absolutely demolish this public school team and, um, of youngsters. And, we've, you know, we've got a few lads who are, uh, who are quite feisty. And we actually have an ex-pro player, uh, Kiernan. I mean, six foot seven, one hundred and fifteen kilos. He's he's a, he's a pretty large lad. And the hits, literally from the off, the hits started going in. And like I've been at the I've been at the uni for five years, and I've never seen fifteen minutes of rugby played like I did then. The boys, the boys just put hit in after hit. Aaron, our um, our hooker, put a huge hit in. Kin and then like dump tackled this guy legally, you know, and then um, the Aussies tried to give a little bit back, and then uh, then a couple of our other players all stepped up and put huge hits in. Then the rest of the team got behind them. The sidelines are going absolutely berserk. My head coach and I are looking at each other, thinking, "Crikey, I've never seen this before." And like the Australia, the Aussies, the Sydney team got completely put back on on a, on a back foot they didn't know what had hit them and it's all because a couple of lads just stepped up and put some massive hits in and i think what that did is it just brought this group cohesion of like all right i'm in this here we go here we go and this very emotionally driven performance mate massively emotionally driven ethos of like you know you back your brothers up in you know like going to rugby is like going to war without now, guns and knives now, now is that emotional heightenment or heightening heightened state is that leading to the performance or is it a trigger from the performance of some person of one person that's developed this heightened state is it or is it back and or is it a two-way street i honestly think it's a two-way street prior to go you've got it in your head that you are like these guys have wound us up prior to the game they think they're going to walk us we know they're going to put some big hits in so you know what? Let's just put a bigger hit in. That's and that. So that's a pre-game mentality. 
Yeah, I think I think we I was I was saying to you, you know, I've described this before. You know, we had uh, a huge performance here of Romeo and Juliet last year, and um, it, it it was it it started even before the performances began, as you said. You know, yeah. it was like one scene that we were rehe- rehearsing, like a death scene, and you had people like so emotionally invested in what just two people were doing. You know, the yep. room, room was you know in our environment was silent. You had people like weeping. You had people going, "This is amazing." You had some people, some people having to leave because it was just so overwhelming, and 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 then on the night, as a result, it's just like we want to give our all because yeah, that's yeah. that's inspired us, and I think that that inspiration does. And I said my analogy is you want to get this like huge trawl in it and just pile everybody into it to feel the same thing, and yep. you can't get away from that natural. Um, tribal thing you want to do and i think it comes back to why i like strength and conditioning is just because you're all in the room doing the same thing one it's very very singular um the weights don't really answer back and it's for a common cause and i think that's what i try and drive home you know i'm still in this game here where it's very like non-traditional to 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 do any strength training but like we're starting to get that vibe i I think a little bit you know but you, you know that's my big question to you really is like is that just uh, is that just a culture a part of the culture that you hadn't seen because that kind of performance was definitely within them but as you said you'd never seen it before so yeah. what was you know it's obviously something about that day that time that moment that environment that created that that type of performance and that physiological output well massively i mean you you, you could link that to the england new zealand game and then the england south africa game mm. like pre-game group cohesion of like you know, of, of taking something so big to the the, the New Zealanders, which they did, and New, the New Zealanders just melted. They didn't even know how to, you know, how to play, what to do, and then that, that exact same thing happened to us against South Africa. Um. So, um, so yeah. Um, can you just remind us of what? Sorry, I've just I just lost my thought. No, track. we're talking. We're just no. talking about the like, you know, giant giant kind of trawler net that we were trying to put everybody else in and you yep. know you know in the uh in the situation of your of your rugby guys you know like is it a, it's that heightened state that you know it's the occasion that's drawn us to that moment you know that you knew that they could play like that but they never had done up until that point and it was just a, a trigger or an, a, an environment that allowed them to do better than ever before it it was because we also yeah definitely it was i think it was the ex- it was definitely the external triggers because we then played uh cape town university of cape town and they were big guys and we put some good hits in, but it wasn't the same which was quite a shame because it was like lads you've just shown us that you can do this and all it takes is one person to put a hit in a big big hit to then rally the rest of the, the you know the troops but it never came but I do believe that, like the the external triggers, will cause the. Um... I think we talk. You know, it's it's that like that moment, isn't it? It's it's the presence of it. You know, you have to live and breathe what exactly what you're doing at that particular time. And I said to you earlier, I was like, you know, if you want to go and watch, if you want to watch grown men cry, watch uh, watch uh, watch a world World Cup rugby, like watch the Argentinians, yeah, yeah, just like loyal to the shirt to beyond belief. And I think and I think people, I think in dance we are we're very very connected to what we do. And it is very emotionally driven, 
and we care about it here so deeply that often we can become heightened by accident and we become you know almost like sad because like you know something's over or you know or like you know I, I didn't do as well as I wanted to and I'm annoyed with myself and there's all this frustration and like trying to channel that as athletes and as people is is quite hard and I think you know I, I come we come from a background of like okay well we've got to work on this volume and intensity and then then knock it down a peg and review it and see what we could have done better and and look at the pros and cons you know I, I was speaking to a girl yesterday and I was saying to her she was like you know she's just getting back on her legs doing pirouettes and all this kind of thing and there's more to ballet and dance than just turning and spinning around but like I was like you know she was like I need to work on this 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 I'm like you need to just pick three things uh, pros and cons of what you did like yeah. three positive three negatives and then consolidate the pros and improve those three things once those things are improved three things are improved you can you can move on to the next because we can become so overwhelmed by both positivity and negativity or one or the other and not find a balance you know so you're talking about the guys do you think that it was that moment that occasion they were really positive because of what was happening at that time yeah and it's difficult to then replicate if it's not the same moment i I think you've nailed it absolutely i think i think it is i think um because we didn't have any beef, for instance, with the South African guys. We just knew they were massive and like we'd have to bring a big game. But because the Australians had wound the boys up and it had got to them on an emotional level, it was like everything was for that game. It didn't matter that we, you know, we, we lost to them in literally the last five seconds of the game as well. Almost didn't matter because we just brought such a huge game to them that with the like it was just like they respected us and they even their coach was like, "Whoa, that was not what we were expecting." And so, I think I we mentioned to you off before, but the emotional system controls every all the other systems. The physiological, the psychological is all run by the emotional limbic system. This is what Czech um, teaches as well. And when you when you tap into that emotional connection of whatever it is, there's many emotions. It can heighten everything. It can also make everything worse as well. Like you were saying, it can make you and put you in a sad place. But if you're finding that, that's where visualization can come in mm. to see yourself in that happy place. Then the neural pathways will then be created in the brain for that heightened state of a happy place rather than a negative place. Um, And I think that's why seeing stuff that you want to work on in your mind in a still place is so important to work on rather than just doing a physical. Um, But everything comes down to the emotion. And I think we we spoke about a chemical called oxytocin, which is there's oxytocin, serotonin, dopamine, um, and uh, there's another one, and anamide. I can't remember what, but they're the four uh, neurochemicals that create, you know, good feelings. Dopamine is the addictive one. That's the one that you get like messages from on, uh, you know, uh, you know, likes on Instagram. Um, but the oxytocin is the. Sorry, one second. Yeah, oxytocin is the one chemical that draws. It's um, the togetherness 
chemical. So when orchestras are playing together, they are connected and they have heightened levels of oxytocin. And again, when rugby players come together, I reckon that's what that is. is yeah, when it's, I mean, we, I mean, it's like a unit, isn't it? I mean, we had the same yeah. thing. We went, we went to a performance at uh, Can You Dance? It's a convention, in Liverpool. You know, it was in front of a couple of good, good few hundred people. But like, we've we've took a piece that we've done a few times and with our current final year guys and and girls. And there was, you know, actually, funnily enough, they'd done it so many times. Um, and this is like the outward, you know, in that moment, I don't think they knew what they were doing. You know, they came off stage and they were like, oh, I felt sad. It was weird because the stage was so big and we felt really like far away from each other. I was like, yes, but because you're a team, it was like, you know, you, Chris and I, the sports medicine guy here, we were sat right at the back of the booming Liverpool arena and MS Bank arena. And both of us were crying with emotion from this piece and they were just like on stage going I didn't feel that at the time I was just I was working my ass off and I was like yeah but you don't understand what you're giving out as a team you know you each of your individual components were creating something yeah very 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 important to your performance and you didn't know it was happening you weren't necessarily conscious of it at the time because you are young <laughs> but you know Chris and I sat there in like mid 20s who have like you know, we're both the kind of failed athletes, like, uh, going like, that was so moving. That was unreal. Like Chris had a tear, I had a tear. And it was just, it was that, it was just the fact that they were all on stage doing the same thing at the same time and absolutely living it. And, yeah, yeah. and it was definitely emotionally driven again. So I think that's the, the bottom of our conversation. I think that's why I've needed a chat with you for like two years is just to make me feel like I realized that it's all about, you know, a sense of togetherness and a, and a common purpose and a common goal in in most things that we do um i think that does drive us to uh be better as a unit i think we're much better at being better as a unit and then having component being a component part to that i think that's what makes us better is that like common goal um you know we're incredibly individualized in this in, in this industry you know each person has to create one showreel for them to go and audition with to be part of the next team and you feel like you're on your own with that, but yeah. you've got to use, you know, and the guys there, you know, they might want to progress onto pro or they might go off and to do their jobs, but I'm sure they're going to learn lessons from being part of the rugby team so that they can face the next challenge in their life. What would you, what would you say to that? Oh, mate, massively, man, massively. It is, especially I think yours is a little bit different, obviously, is an individual to uh, our um, group together uh not but our group yeah i mean we, we, we like everyone has to work individually to, to as a team but at the end of the day your performers may be doing one thing on their own for their next uh you know for, for them uh, it's very sorry it's very individualized but um but do you think that element of team that you've got there at oxford and, and with the blues and the guys uh, and, the, and the girls and, and all the youth guys do you, do you think that element of the team aspect that they've had is going to help them in things that they pursue by themselves in the future yeah yeah definitely i think they will realize how important it is to have a team around them and how um we we don't work well as in as individuals without a team like it's like you know, um, never be a lone wolf is a thing that is always uh, said within our S and C world. Um, oh yeah, Brett Bartholomew says a similar thing. You know, isn't he's like you know, petty infighting is negatively correlated with group success. 
like if you want to do better as a group like cut the bullshit and like you know yeah. work work together to achieve to achieve each in, you know whether it's individual greatness like you need to feed off other people um i like the oh. i like the lone wolf thing i might use that a little bit more <laughs> yeah it's um there's this, oh, i can't remember what the saying is but it's like if you want to if you want to achieve something uh, if you you know go on your own, but if you want to go far, you know go with you know you have to be with you know a collective, and it's um, again this is this goes down on a quite a deep level, but because we are we've formed from a tribe, you know from through generations, we work together better, um, looking after one another. Because if you go and try and hunt for a for a you know for your meal by yourself, you are less likely to find it. Whereas if you're working as a collective. You're working together, you know, to gather, you know, to hunt a deer or whatever you're doing. And I think from that, we've evolved um, to where we are now, to being, you know, working in a better group cohesion through, you know, our ancestors going out and hunting a meal together. Because if you don't work together, you die. End of. Like, if you, you know, if you, um, it's an Our basic need is to survive, and if we go on our own, we're very unlikely to survive. So, if we work as a group um, or our tribe, we are more likely to survive. And then, naturally, we will probably we have generated hormones that allow us to keep working together because it makes it allows us to survive. And then we can work in our present day off of that. To, gen, to, to, to create better a team environment, team performance, even if it's for an individual performance. I hope they, they understand where I'm coming yeah, from. Yeah, I think, I think, I think we, we, we refer to that like here as, you know, feeding off each other. You know, I, I would love to see, you know, people get pumped a little bit more by what other people do. You know, I think in the advent of social media, um, we are desensitized to the emotion of what other people do so we all we do is reflect upon what they can do and what we can't um so you know you know in this industry we'll, we'll watch somebody do something and go well i can't do that and you know i'm, I'm there's a couple of people that i I'm work closely with in a rehab setting and you know she says to me nah it's the opposite i watch youtube and I watch YouTube, interestingly, and I, I'm inspired. I watch Instagram of people that I follow, and I make it makes myself feel worse. It's just a different, a different platform, different meaning. You know that she's on, she's on there watching the Royal Ballet or Cape Town City Ballet or something like that, and she's like, "They're professionals, amazing, beautiful. I want to go and do that." Yeah. Yeah. As soon as it's like somebody personal that she like she knows or like has heard of or like yep. has met and it's just one little bit of them on Instagram and that's it. She's just like yeah, I just feel rubbish about myself now. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's like how we interpret, you know, people perform other what other people do, you know, you can I'm sure the uh the the rugby rugby guys, you know, just you know, watch they probably get pumped by watching England or watching New Zealand, do you know what I mean? They don't sit there and go, well, I'll never be that good. Like, <laughs> you know, it's a different... Oh, yeah, I mean, we, um, during the World Cup, England created a documentary called Rising Suns. I went back to back with those and I was just like, God, this feels like the... 
it was a amazing to see how together they came as a team and how important it was for them to spend all that time together. I think it was, it was like 10, 10 weeks, they, they, 12 weeks they spent with each other and how important that bonding was. Um, and they all talked about it. It was like, yeah, we, we, we feel different now, but we spent all this time together. So that was one thing of the importance of spending quality time with your team um, and your, you know, then your friends but also, for me, I was like, I'd love to be part of that. Oh, I'd yeah. love to create something yeah. like that. Yeah. Because you feel, I felt that in, you know, I felt that in my heart. That is something that... I mean, I, I watched, I, I listened to and watched House of Rugby, like, the whole time with James Haskell, Mike Tindall and all that. And uh, James was obviously describing, like, you know, nipping into the England camp. And he was just saying that, like, I knew my time was not to be there, but gosh it was like hard to leave like yeah you know i bet the come down after a tournament like that is is huge like the blues must be bad but like we have the same thing here you know we have we do shows and i think everybody's like worked so hard they're knackered and they're tired and ready ready for it to to, to part ways with it but at the same time they miss it um you know and, and i'm sure that you know the tours and the rugby tours and everything they come to an end and and that's sad but at the same time you know you've got to move on to the next thing and uh, and that's important too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, definitely, man. And like, you know, it hopefully it shows the individual. Well, you know, if we've created that, then I can create it somewhere else or go on and create it. So, um, yeah, I think it's it, 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 the fact that you can tap into that is a beautiful thing. Um, Hang on to it whilst yeah. you can. <laughs> Look, I know you've got to go and uh, see our mutual friend Patrick Kane. Uh, Indeed, yeah. I will give a shout out to do too because he did uh, at one point fix my shoulder, so uh, <laughs> you can say hi to him from me. I will do, I, I, man. I, I will do. Silas, this has been. Um, I think we're going to have to do a part two because there's so much that we talked about without recording. Um, so people can. Uh, but to finish off, where can people get in touch with you? Um, where are you active? I know you're quite big on the gram sometimes. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so my, my own Instagram is um, Cy Wiggle, which is S-Y-W-I-G-G-A-L-L. Um, that, com- that has a combination of me doing ice baths and going to techno parties. Um, I will, take, we can talk about those that. on another episode. Like, we can talk about both of those on another episode. But yeah, and- take it as you will. Um, uh, it's about the combination of life to work balance. Um, and my, my, it's my name at gmail.com. If anyone's got any questions about anything we've spoken about, I think, I think you, I think you will do. I think people are looking for interesting perspectives on life and I think they should hit you up for those. (laughs) Thank you. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to end that. Cheers, buddy. Rupert. It's been a pleasure, brother.